you're running at top speed through the best damn Starbucks on Saturn. You're almost at the entrance when you suddenly are overcome with the urge to strip down to your underwear, put a bonnet on, and jump into the nearest man's arms and call him Dada. This man's name is Jerome, and in fact, he is not your Dada. However, you don't seem to realize this in the moment and throw yourself full speed at Jerome. While this would normally knock any normal person over, Jerome is perfectly fine. In fact, by jumping at Jerome, you seem to have acquired a broken arm. How very humorous. This may be because of the fact that Jerome is not actually a person, but rather a very human-shaped wall, and you just didn't wear your glasses today. Are you confused? Perplexed? Mayhaps even flabbergasted? Good. That's what we are looking here in today's episode of Ryan's Reads, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. So yeah, you may find yourself questioning many of the statements I say today. You may even find yourself thinking, why did I suck on a walnut for four straight years? But that's perfectly normal. So, in the immortal words printed on the cover of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, don't panic. Now, The Hitchhiker's Guide is a wonderfully confusing book that I found myself breezing through quite pleasantly. The plot is told from the narrative of many characters, but mainly Arthur Dent. You see, Arthur Dent is like you or me. He's a boring old human. He doesn't live in a nice house. He doesn't he doesn't have a very exciting life. He's perfectly content with working a shitty job, living in a shitty house, and getting shit-faced with his good buddy, Ford Prefect. Now, let's talk about Ford. Unlike you and I, Ford is not a human. He is an extraterrestrial life form that we all know as aliens. So, Ford originally came to Earth in order to update the Hitchhiker's Guide. So what you need to know about this is, as much as the book that you are reading is called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that is not actually The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, because in the universe of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there's another book that is also called the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but unlike the one that we're reading, that is a ginormous book that can't be made from, you know, normal book materials, paper and whatnot, because it is so damn thick. So it's like a little like computer thing that you type in the page number and then it gives you the thing, it gives you the information on it. It's basically a guide for people who want to go around the galaxy and it just tells them how to do so in a safe, maybe even economically beneficial for them way. Yeah. So Ford, he's wanting to update the guide. So he's here on Earth to try and update the, the what what the guide says about Earth. But he gets stranded and now he's stuck there. He got stuck there for 15 years. And he has no way off until the Earth is demolished. Yes, that's right. The Earth went boom-boom. 
why you ask? Well, ironically, it's for the same reason that Arthur's house was getting demolished. To build a highway. Luckily, Ford and Arthur managed to hitch a ride off Earth before its destructions, and the rest of the book goes about their endeavours, which consequently end up with them finding out that the Earth was really a supercomputer all along. What? I know, I know I was also a bit confused at first, um, but so basically, you guys know how humans are really not the smartest creatures on Earth and were being controlled by mice? Uh, no, no, you you didn't know that. Uh, okay, okay. Well, I'll start there, I guess. Um, so, um, mice are extra, ex, ex, extra dimensional beings. They came from another dimension, and they're like, we need. We're gonna do a little experiment. So we're gonna make a supercomputer that is powerful enough to answer any question, think questions along the line of um, what's the meaning of life, those kind of questions, yeah? So that's basically what the Earth was, it was a supercomputer, and we find that out in the book, and that's basically what the plot is. So if you're confused, it's okay, the plot is a secondary feature in the book, really just helps to emphasize the tone and the message. If you don't understand everything, and trust me, you won't, I found myself reading the same paragraph over and over again. There was this one thing talking about this, a, a babblefish, or a babelfish, I'm not really sure on the pronunciation, but basically this it's this fish you put in your ear, and it, and it automatically translates what every other every other language that you hear for you so you can hear it in whatever language you speak that's pretty cool right that's a pretty simple explanation but the book oh my word it goes on and on and on and eventually it just goes into this whole ramble about how the fish just 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 proves how why god isn't real i don't know how that was relevant in the context but it was there, so it yeah, it's a confusing book, but it's fine if you don't understand it. You're actually it's 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 you ha it's the desired effect, so you're good. So you see, from my point of view, everything about this book is trying to portray a meaning of utter confusion, of something being completely useless and important at the same time. Basically, the message of this book is everything, everyone, yes, including you, including me, we are all oxymorons. If you don't know what an oxymoron is, it's basically something that contradicts itself. Now, of course, that's just if you're looking for a deeper meaning. Of course, the answer could also be 47. Who am I to say? The meaning of life is 47. Do you think that's weird? Good, that's that's the point. From my point of view, the book is pointing fun at the fact that people spend so much time and effort trying to find answers to questions like, what is the meaning of life? Again, it's 47. Honestly, geez, I don't know why it took us so long. 
they could very well end up with answers that were simple and unfulfilling. I think that's genius. It it takes something which carries the weight of the world for some people and just says, yeah, but could also be 47, you don't know. Like, come on, that's so cool. The book is telling us that we are just focused on the wrong things, that we're asking the wrong questions. We have so many problems in the world and we are devoting time to try and figure out what the meaning of life is. When you think about it like that, it sounds like we're absolute idiots. But again, that's the point of the book. We're all oxymorons. We're supposedly the smartest things on this planet. And then we spend time on irrelevant things. That makes no sense. But hey, at least we're not listening to Vogon poetry. So now we need to talk about irony. This book is filled to the brim with it. From the destruction of Earth to the very existence of the probability drive. So now, quick, quick disclaimer about what the probability drive is. So, okay, so if you've watched Star Wars, you, we've got the hyperdrive, right? That sends you into hyperspace, so it allows you to travel from point A to point B very quickly, okay? So think along those lines, but it allows you to travel immense distances within a millisecond. How does it do this? Well, basically, it just takes an improbability factor. So let's say, let, let's take an example of, let's say, a whale in space. That's, that's pretty improbable, right? I'd say it, it, it was really, it's really improbable for that to happen. So basically, the, 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 the probability drive takes the probability factor of something happening, like getting to a place far away in a short amount of time, and then it uses that factor to power the ship that it's powering to do what it's trying to do, like go far distances. So it's pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. I think oh, that's pretty neat. But anyways, if the book isn't busy poking fun at us as a species, it's poking fun at itself. Nobody is safe. And I think this just further punctuates the nonsensicality of existence. One moment you're arguing for something with all your heart, and the next you're on the other side of the argument and suddenly your view has changed. Every time I saw irony when I was reading this book, I couldn't help but start thinking, oh, that's like when so-and-so did this, but then that happened, so then they changed their mind, and so on and so forth. The book thrives at using this constant stream of bullshit that we as a species spew into existence to create a wildly entertaining comedic commentary on life. Personally, I think it's amazing. Whilst it is... Look, there's two ways you can read this book. One, you could get through it in a day. It's not a long book. It's 180 pages. And you could just go like, yeah, you could just be there for the laughs. You could just be there for a good time. Or if you want to really enjoy like don't get me wrong doing doing that you'll you'll have a great time with this book it's really funny but if 
you are looking for a deeper meaning thing, which I find myself constantly doing when I'm reading these books and making, recording these podcasts, is you'll just discover a, a secret layer of 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 enjoyment that you won't get if you just if you just breezing through it. At first, I did. I was I was just like, yeah, this is just gonna be another book. I'm just gonna read through it. You know, it's gonna be good. But I found myself going back to certain parts of it and going like, oh, oh, this this could mean this. This could mean this. And again, irony irony shows itself. It rears its head here because, as I've said, the book is. Pointing, po- poking fun at the fact that we keep searching for a deeper meaning in things that don't have a deeper meaning. That is just, it's things are here, and we just need to enjoy them for what they are. There's no, there's no point in wasting our time on certain things. And then I find myself doing the exact thing to the book that is poking fun at at me for doing that. So it's a vicious cycle of irony, and it just further accentuates my point as to the book making fun of us and that is great it's it's a constant it's a circular cycle i love it it's amazing but anyways it's that special time of the month again the best boy slash girl slash person award goes to someone who i believe everyone should aspire to be like and that person is Slarty Bartfast. Yes, yes, their name is Slarty Bartfast. And no, that their name is not the only reason I chose them for the award, although it definitely was um, a factor, it, it definitely factored into it. But they're just really wholesome, guys. He, so basically, Slarty Bartfast is a member of this race of aliens who is previously thought to be extinct and they made planets for a living right they like people like the rich people would be like hey can i have a planet with this 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 and that and then they would like okay yeah yeah we'll we'll make this we'll make this for you and then boom so they were they were very they were they were it was a lucrative business and the economy crashed so they went into sleep and were waiting for it to come back again right so Slotty Bartfast is part of this race. Now, he is an old man. And usually, when I see old men in fiction, they fall into one of two categories. They are grouchy and mean, or wholesome. And, oh my word, Slotty Bartfast is the absolute king of of wholesome old people guys every time he was talking i was just like oh that little guy like like he's this old guy who designs planets he's kind to the people he meets like he saw he saw arthur just chilling and he was like come on you can come meet the mice i'll tell you my life story and he just wants to design fords. He just wants to do the fjords. I don't know how to pronounce it. Like like in Iceland and stuff, they have fjords, you know. He just wants to go... He wants to make like 
coastlines and shit. That's what he wants to do in his spare time. He's not hurting anyone. He just he just wants to spend his time doing art and I think that's really wholesome. I just want to give him a hug. I want to give him some graphene paper and I want to tell him to just go at it. Build me a fjord. I, I just want to watch you work and then you can tell me like old people stories and stuff. Ah, he's, guys, he's just really wholesome. I love him. But yeah, anyways, that's all the time I have today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you want to keep in touch, you can follow me on Spotify or on Twitter at Ryan's underscore reads. Uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Until then, bye-bye.